we're going to start in Psalm 90. You can open to Psalm 90. I don't know if I'll do it. It's probably even nuts to talk about it, but I really have thought about being back in here, um, seeing if I could learn how to use PowerPoint, because with the screen right there and everybody being able to see it um, pretty easily, that, that might be um, an added blessing to you and eliminate some of the paper. But it's hard to teach an old dog new tricks. And, uh, but it's at least something I'm thinking about. Psalm 90 is, um, is a sweet song. Psalm, it's a, it's a powerful psalm. It's, it's different than the others um, because it's written, um, it's written by Moses. And I'm going to read a portion of it today. And we're going to begin looking at a particular theme um, that you'll see that, that's in the heading of the, of the handout. And uh, I'll talk more about that in a moment. But look at Psalm 90. Um, it's not inspired. Most of your Bibles would have some kind of a description. Mine says God's eternity and man's transitoriness. Um, God's eternity, God's um, everlasting nature versus man's frailty temporarily temp, um, here on earth. And uh, it, it compares the two. And so it's a psalm. And you, you notice in the inscription, um, which you should consider as um, part of the scripture. I've mentioned this before, but in many, many places other than the U.S., if you took their Bible in French or whatever it is, Spanish, um, it would be numbered different because they would have the inscription as verse 1. Um, so it's, uh, it's important. It's there for our learning and for our edification. Notice the inscription here, um, the prayer of Moses, um, the man of God. It's a prayer. And the words here, man of God, we'll, we'll look at that um, later, but it's significant. Not very many times in Scripture somebody's actually called a man of God. I, I think where we need to be is pull out the word man. Moses was a man. I'm not trying to undo that in, in the cultural setting we have today. You have to be so careful with what I'm going to say. But for your own personal instruction, think of it this way. This is a, a prayer, and we should all be a person of God. Uh, we, should, we should want to be able to say, by the grace of God, like Moses did, this is a prayer from a man of God. This is a prayer from somebody who is in Christ. That's how he would say it as a, as a believer today. Someone who loves Christ. Someone who puts Christ first. He's a man after God's own heart, is the way David would have written it. That's, that's how we ought to look at it. And how we would pray. And... And this is a prayer of Moses, the man of God, the woman of God, we should be able to say for ourselves. And so we, when, we, when we dive into this psalm, we ask ourselves, what lessons can we learn so that it could be said of me and I could say of myself, I'm a man of God or a, a woman of God. I'm only going to read part of the psalm this morning. Verse 1, Lord... You have been my dwelling place in all generations before the mountains were born 
For you gave birth to the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. You turn man back into dust and say, return, O children of men. For a thousand years in your sight are like yesterday when it's past, or as a watch in the night. You have swept away, you have swept them away like a flood. They fall asleep, and in the morning they are like the grass which sprouts anew. In the morning it flourishes and it spouts anew. Toward evening it fades and it withers away. For we have been consumed by your anger and by your wrath, for we have been dismayed. You have placed our iniquities before us, our secret sins, in the light of your presence. For all our days have declined into fury. We have finished our years like a sigh. As for the days of our life, they contain 70 years, or due to strength, 80 years. Yet their pride is but labor and sorrow. For soon it is gone, and we fly away. Who understands the power of your anger and the fury according to the fear that is due you? So teach us to number our days that we may present to you a heart of wisdom. So what I want to look at today, I don't know, might go into next week, but how do we number our days so that we can gain a heart of wisdom, and, and we do that clearly as we see this, this, this psalm by keeping um, eternity in view. Now, when we get through this first portion, I want to do this first, we will go back and we will, we will look at the psalm. We'll look at the context of the psalm. The psalm is written by Moses in his older age towards the end of the Exodus, and so you can almost hear the groaning of uh, what he did. He, he has a grasp on the brevity of life because he's watched a half a million people die in 40 years, funeral after funeral after funeral after funeral, as the result of their rebellion, and then his own rebellion, striking the rock. In fact, many of the commentators think that um, the, the setting would be Numbers 20, and we'll get into that um, later, but in Numbers 20, his, uh, his sister had died, his brother had died, and after putting up all that, he lost his temper and he struck the rock, disobeying God, and he would have the punishment of not going into the promised land. And uh, yet you see no bitterness in here. In fact, the psalm ends with such great hope. The psalm ends by saying, in essence, Lord, satisfy us in the morning with your loving kindness. Make us glad, it says. Let the work of your servant and the majesty of your blessing be upon our children. Confirm the work of our hands, Lord, for the glory of God. And so the the, the blessing ends in a, in a high note. And so we'll unfold all of that in the weeks ahead. But for today, I just want to look at what I have there in your handout. What time is it? What time is it? Let's think about time. 
no matter how you uh, calculate uh, a lifespan, I'm in the fourth quarter. My next birthday, I'm going to be 75. I've started thinking about that. 75. Wow. Not a whole lot of people are given that, are given that grace. And uh, I'm, I'm just wondering today, because I want to, I want to sharpen your focus. If, if, if you're able to today, just right there in that slot, how old are you going to be in your next birthday? I really want to get real just for a starter, then we'll relax a little bit, just so we can, we can sit there and we can consider the, the, the brevity uh, you know, of life. If, if we just said that the average lifespan were 80 years, then if you think about a, a football game as an example, as a quarter, then every 20 years is a quarter, right? And uh, you're zero to 20, you're in the first quarter. If you're 60 to 80, you're in the last quarter. If you're 75, the clock's running out. <laughs> Where are you? Think about it. Um, if you wanted to do days, 3.42 days on average because of leap year, as you know, per year. 80 years would be 29,220 days, actually 29,119.34, if if you care. So that would mean if you're 55, you've got 9,000 days left. If you're 65, you've got 5,700 days left. If you're 75, you've got 1,800 days left using that that standard. Um, It's amazing how... The, um, the, I'm going to use Scott Towel because it's more gracious. The Scott Towel rolls quicker as it gets to the end of the, to the, to the, end of the roll. You caught that, all right. <clears throat> yeah, it does. And that doesn't mean that we're going to die at 70 or 80. It doesn't mean at 75 I'm living on borrowed time. We dug deep into Psalm 139 several months ago, and we know that before the foundation of the earth, our days were set, and you or I can't add to it, and we can't subtract from it. So this really isn't about worrying about how old you get, but, but it is understanding that the wages of sin is what? Death. Would all non-sinners please stand? Right. We're all going to die. And the world wants to ignore that, don't they? They want to ignore it. And if we're not careful as believers, we tend to ignore it. And we don't want to do that. I actually looked at some actuaries um, that deals with uh, insurance and and, and retirement, and uh, they actually say the longer you live... This is funny to me. The longer you live, um, they say the odds that you're going to live longer is higher. So I had to read that three times before I could figure it out. But they said, you know, if you're reading this and you're young, you're probably going to die if you're a man at 77. But if you're reading this when you're old, you're probably going to die a lot older than 77, like maybe 92. I said, well, good. (laughs) 
I think I crossed over the threshold. I think I'm going to make it in 92 now. But uh, any, anyhow, God knows, doesn't he? And soon we're all going to fly away, as it said here in Psalm 90. Well, why is that focus there? Look in, the, in your handout. I wrote this. Thoughts of death have a sobering effect on us, and they should. The word of God is clear that life is short, but it does not emphasize the brevity of life to minimize life's significance. It does so to focus our hearts on what matters. We are so easily deceived. We're so easily consumed with wood, hay, and stubble, and the stuff that just doesn't matter, and our life is clicking away. And so the scriptures remind us of this to help us put our heads on straight. So what I want us to look at for the next few weeks is the brevity of life in Psalm 90, but focus today just specifically on some lessons that should help us Set our priorities because of what matters. Now, let's relax a little bit, take a deep breath. That's heavy. This is a heavy topic, okay? And I thought to myself, what am I doing starting in a new location with, a, with some new people? And let's talk about when we're going to die and what we're going to do about it. I mean, I could have chose something a little lighter than that if I'd have been thinking, but I wasn't thinking. So I do want to give you a little levity if I might. Someone wrote about the brevity of life. Ashes to ashes, dust to dust, life is short, so party we must. Now, that's actually Pastor Farrell's message last Sunday morning. Um, It's okay to enjoy life. God wants us to enjoy life. And Psalm 90 is a reflection. If you go back and listen to Pastor Farrell's message from Ecclesiastes 11 and 12 last week, life's short. Your life's going to be, come into a judgment. So be wise about how you, how you spend your life. And with that wisdom, enjoy it. Enjoy life. It's good to laugh. It's good to enjoy life um, with sweet friends. You like to go into cemeteries and read tombstones? I haven't done that in a long time. But when I was a kid, I used to love to do that. I, I thought they were so often funny. Uh, I, I'm just going to have a couple here. I like this one in particular. The guy's name was Ezekiel Akel. And it's, this is a, an actual tombstone in Nova Scotia. And here's what it says. Here lies Ezekiel Akel, age 102. The good die young. <laughs> I doubt that that was what he decided to put on his tombstones. The other one... Many of you here in this class would be familiar with the word for the name Merv Griffin. Um, he was a talk show host, daytime talk show host for years and years when I was a younger man. And he uh, died in 2007. And he was, he was very famous all the way through his show. And then at the end of the show, um, he would always um, say the same thing. He would say, um, I'll be right back after this message. And it became coined with him. And so... No couldn't. This is, this is exactly what's on his headstone. It says, I will not, and it's underlined, I will not be back after this message. Here's the last one. I'm from New York, 
state. And in Lancaster, New York, is a funeral home. It's the Zerbrick Funeral Home in Lancaster. And this is its name, Zerbrick. I am gone. The Zerbrick, I am gone funeral home. No kidding. That's how they advertise. It's actually in capital letters. I-A-M-G-O-N-E. I am gone. That's sort of um, a weird way to try to brand your funeral home, isn't it? But a merry heart is a good medicine. But let's get back into the truth uh, of the scriptures. So many scriptures remind us about the brevity of life. I've only put a few here, but the Bible is full of them, so we know that, that God's very serious about this because he, he, he wants us to be. And so I, I want to read you um, a few today and then give you a few quotes, famous men. Some of them are famous men, but others that I, that I think will be helpful. And we may not get any further than that, but it'll give us something to think about and weigh and consider before we come back next week and then um, look at three things that should shape our priorities. And so look at what those three things are even before we do this. The the three things that ought to shape our priorities are the brevity of life should diminish our efforts to strive after wealth and the things of this world. We're going to see that. That's that's part of what the brevity of life. It it, it ought to give us um, a, a God view of eternity. The brevity of life should motivate us to seek after God and gain a heart of wisdom. We should want to become people that, that think God's thoughts after him. Philippians 2.5, right? It's the great passage of Christ's condensation, condensation um, to earth. And as that's going to be laid out there in Philippians chapter 2, it tells us the same mind that Christ had when he came to save you and me. That, that mind, that mind of humility is the mind that we should have, uh, the mind of Christ. How do we gain um, heart after wisdom and, and think like the Lord and then the the third point we'll look at is the brevity of life should lead us to use our lives and all that we have for the glory of God. So that's what we're going to look at. Like I said, we probably won't get to all of that today, but let's set it up with scriptures that um, add to and help us to see this uh, beyond what we've already read in Psalm 90. And so I think I have those in your handout. First is from Job. Job says, man who is born of woman is short-lived and full of turmoil. Like a flower, he comes forth and withers. He also flees like a shadow and it does not remain. And so Job is the oldest book in the Bible. And Psalm 90 is likely the oldest scripture that was actually penned in the Bible. And together they... They ring one chord. Life is short. It's fleeting. It's like a shadow. It, it's here and it's gone. That message is over and over again. And everything about our flesh wants to ignore that. Everything about the world culture wants to ignore it. 
Just go to the gym. Just eat right. Put on some makeup. You know, have some surgeries. I mean, you can you can live for, you know, you can live forever. A crazy story about um, Ted Williams, a famous Boston um, Red Sox. I don't even like saying that name, Boston Red Sox. When you're a Yankee, you don't like to say Boston Red Sox, so it came out hard. But um, you know how they they froze his body in some sort of cryogenics, his his brain, because you know somehow um, when the advance of man is such in science. They'll be able to wake him up and he'll be able to live on. What, what craziness. But that's, that's the way the world thinks. The scriptures help align our mind to the truth and it sanctifies us. Look at Psalm. We have two Psalms here that add to Psalm 90. Psalm 103. As a man, his days are like grass. As flower of a field, so he flourishes. When the wind has passed over it, it is no more, and its place acknowledges it no longer. You know, we think people will remember us for a long, long, long time. A few will, but most won't. It's just a fact. God will, though. And that's all that counts. Um, but we make so much of this life and it's and it's and it's fleeting and so we we need to use uh, every day by letting it shape our priorities what matters what matters how am i going to use this day how do i use this hour how do i how do i use this this time look at psalm 39 lord make me to know my end and what is the extent of my days now there's a prayer that we ought to pray often lord Make me to know my end and what is the extent of my days. Let me know how transient I am. Behold, you have made my days as handbreadths, and my life is nothing in your sight. Surely every man at his best is a mere breath. And so again, the, how quickly it goes. And if we go to the New Testament, I'm sure you're familiar with uh, James, where here uh, James tells us that life is a, is a vapor. Come now, you say, today or tomorrow, and we will go to such and such a city and spend a year there and engage in business and make a profit. Yet you do not know what your life will be like tomorrow. You are just a vapor that appears for a little while and then it vanishes away. I gave you that whole passage that says that's why you ought to say if the Lord wills. We don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. And, um, and so we make plans, but God directs our steps, right? That's what Proverbs 16.9 says. So it doesn't mean we shouldn't plan. In fact, this whole lesson is about we need to plan because life is short. We need to make some good, wise decisions about how we live our life. Jonathan Edwards is a an amazing um, believer, and his, his writings will perhaps, I, I shouldn't speak for you, I'm just going to tell you me. I, I, I read something from Jonathan Edwards, and I have to read it about four times, and I sit there and I say, wow. Um, Lord, bring me to that point, to that, to that place. Um, 
And so he's worth a read if you have time and if you've never read him. But I put down three um, quotes here. I've mentioned to you the first one before. Jonathan Edwards prayed to the Lord, Oh God, stamp eternity on my eyeballs. Live with the brevity of life. You wake up in, in the morning and think, Lord, thank you for giving me a new day. But this may be the last day or my last hour. Let me use it wisely. You know, it's got as many resolutions. I have a book, I suppose many of you have seen a book, you can order it, that has all of his resolutions. Um, I myself, even though I love to journal, wouldn't even think about writing that many resolutions because then I'd feel guilty that there'd be no way in the world I could keep even one of them, let alone 120 of them, but I wouldn't even be able to remember what they all were. But, but his resolutions show that he was a deep thinker and he thought God's thoughts and he wanted to do God's will. And here's two. Resolved never to do anything which I should be afraid to do if it were the last hour of my life. Resolved that I will live so that as I shall wish I had done when I come to die. I'm sure you're familiar with Jim Elliott when he said, He is no fool that gives what he cannot gain to keep what he cannot lose. Michael Clinton would be lesser known to you, but he said, Live as if you were to die tomorrow, but learn as if you were to live forever. C.T. Studd wrote that famous poem, Only One Life. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. So we're going to look at these um, three areas, the brevity of life next week. And then when we're through that, we're going to go back. We're going to open up the whole context of Psalm 90. We're going to look through and we'll, we'll spend August here doing this, looking at, at Psalm uh, 90. So we're at, uh, we're at 10 after and uh, it's time to be um, dismissed. I'm just going to say a, a brief prayer. And uh, remember, you have others coming in here in about 10 minutes. You have plenty of time to exit to the... Uh, uh, ministry center, if you want to start heading that way, your, your cups, your handouts, uh, all of those things make the place nice. And you've got time to meet some of these new guests that are, that are here. So please, please uh, engage in that um, fellowship activity as well. Father, thank you for um, everything around us changes, but we are steady by your grace because you are the unchangeable God. And thank you, while um, life here on earth is brief, eternal life isn't something we get one day. For all of us that are in Christ, we have eternal life. And you have promised us that you have gone to prepare a place for us and that you will come again and receive us unto yourself that where you are, we can be also. What an amazing thing that the creator God of all the universe, the one that spoke it into existence, the one who died for us, wants to live for us with all eternity. The curse will be removed and um, we'll be together with our God. Father, how we desire to honor you with our lives between now and that moment. Would you help us? Would you grow us in your likeness? Thank you for this hour. We love you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You're dismissed.